Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Robert Evans is an investigative journalist at Bellingcat. And I, uh, thank you for joining us. This is in, uh, of course, Portland, where it seems we've got a new Occupy movement. It was being called CHAZ. They have simply, you know, they've now removed it to, um, I guess, um, reflect more on an Occupy movement. But you've been there covering it for a couple of days. Can you kind of uh, give us some context of what's going on? Yeah, the autonomous zone actually is in Seattle. Um, I've, I've been covering protests up in Portland too. So like both cities are kind of going off and there've been attempts in Portland to make it, but like the autonomous zone that everyone's talking about is uh, in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle, which is um, a moderately affluent, a pretty affluent neighborhood. Um, and like also traditionally um, kind of one of the centers of Seattle's gay community. Um, so Capitol Hill, you could call it a strange relationship with the police to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. And there's been a precinct there. Um, the East Precinct, I think. And um, over the course of a couple of weeks, two weeks or so um, after George Floyd's murder, um, protesters in Seattle kind of repeatedly went out and um, did battle with the Seattle police. It got tear gassed pretty, pretty extremely like the Seattle in general, for whatever reason, the Pacific Northwest police um, have been really throwing down a lot of tear gas since all this started. Um and so after almost two weeks of kind of doing that every night and exhausting the Seattle police's munitions supply and um, uh, uh, kind of um, running them a bit ragged, the police pulled out of the precinct. Um, and it was kind of, it was this weird thing. They first started, like, when people first realized it was going to happen, it was because, like, folks who lived in Capitol Hill got footage of the police emptying out, like, weapons and armor. And uh, they sent up a shredder van and had a bunch of stuff shredded at the precinct. and then they just kind of left it um, mm-hmm. empty uh, for the protesters who'd been gathering there for for like two weeks. Um, and the if you ask people who are in the autonomous zone, what they'll generally tell you is that they think that it was a trap. The police were basically hoping that um, the, once they left, protesters would try to burn down the precinct, you know, as they did the uh, the third precinct in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. uh, and that that would you know endanger the community and give the police a justification to come in with more force. That's that's what a lot of people who are in the autonomous zone suspect. Obviously, I can't tell you what actually happened or what the actual thinking was, but it was a bizarre and kind of unprecedented move, you know, backing out of a whole precinct. Sure. But once police did that, uh, people started occupying the autonomous zone, and they took police barrack or occupying Capitol Hill and turning it into an autonomous zone. And they took police barricades and they set them up at the entrances and exits, um, and they basically declared it a police-free zone. Um, and then things, you know, started coming in. People set up like a there's a, a gift economy co-op that has like food and supplies. Um, there's a bunch of different people who've been giving out food. Um, you know, folks started working on large scale art projects um, and they didn't, uh, they didn't destroy the police precinct. They did uh, wall the police precinct off, build like a large fence around it basically. Um, and, you know, deface the outside of it with a whole heck of a lot of graffiti. Um, but you know, they, uh, the folks kind of, once the police backed out said, well, let's, Let's take this neighborhood and see, you know, how it is without having police around. And that's kind of the basic story. 
All right. And so from the outside looking in, I mean, it's it's kind of nuts that the police uh, would walk away from a whole area, a whole community, essentially. Um, you know, you've got businesses in that area that I understand uh, still operate if they can. But there's all sorts of yeah. stories. Some people describe it as like a fair like, uh, you know, atmosphere. Others suggest that, you know, there are, um, you know, protesters with guns. They, they're uh, shaking down businesses. They're, you know, not letting people yeah. know what what is the the reality. No businesses have been shaken down. The Seattle police were reporting that based on an uncorroborated report from a guy named Andy No, who's a right-wing uh, agitator. Um, and the, the Seattle police eventually walked that back and said that they were mistaken and there's no evidence of businesses being shaken down. I talked to people at three different businesses. All business, all of those businesses had like opened up their bathrooms mm-hmm. to the protesters. Everyone was employees and ownership, very supportive of what was happening. And two of the three businesses uh, said that um, they were making a heck of a lot more money now um, because people are buying food and people are buying uh, alcohol. Um, people have been in general, like the, there's a, a Mexican restaurant in the middle of the autonomous zone that has opened up their huge courtyard to a, a massive medic tent. So like medics can set up a, a street clinic uh, for people in the autonomous zone and homeless folks nearby. Um, I'm not going to tell you that I can say that hundred percent of the businesses are hundred percent on board, but everyone I talked to operating a business was pretty happy with the additional income um, was pretty happy to have the police gone and, and seemed to not have any real issues. Now oh, the, it, there are people, yeah, there are people with guns, um, you know, in, in Washington as a state where you are legally allowed um, to open carry a firearm yeah. if you do not point it at someone. Um, and there have been people who have done night watches. Um, I embedded with a night watch. Um, and and the reason and, you know, nobody was no one's asking IDs. Nobody was like checking for IDs. There was no like people could enter and leave freely. Um, the watch was set up because individuals on Facebook, like Boogaloo types and members of the Bikers for Trump and groups like the Proud Boys, had threatened to come in and disperse the autonomous zone and even talked about shooting people there. So people showed up um, to make a community self-defense force. Um, But but, I I saw no evidence of anyone like asking for ID or acting improperly in any way. So what is their ultimate goal? I mean, they obviously realize now that they can take over city blocks. The police will, in fact, uh, move away. But ultimately, what is their, um, you know, their ultimate goal? And how yeah. far do you see this spreading across uh, U.S. states, possibly even Canada? You know, w- when you talk about their ultimate goal, that's where you get to, like, the real weakness of, um, yeah. of what's going on there. Just because there's not... Um, the, the only consensus within the autonomous zone or whatever you want to call it, um, the only consensus is that they don't want police there, right? Like, and, and most of them will, will will either say they're they're in favor of massively defunding or at least complete or completely abolishing the police. Most people I talk to there. Um, but like the only real consensus for what the autonomous zone is, is we want to keep the police out of this place and we want to keep it nice. Um and it, it is like the air, like I would describe it as basically like it, it's kind of been silly seeing how a lot of the media has portrayed things, um, like particularly in the United States talking about this being like, uh, you know, Fox News has like put up uh, 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 images of like a burning city and stuff and like crazy town, uh, I think was the, the graphic they used. And it's it's basically if you actually go there, the feel of it is like it's like a block party that doesn't have a permit. Right. Like that, that is the real feeling. Like I had a lovely picnic there. People were hanging out uh, on a courtyard or on, on a, on a, like a, a, a sports field. And there's a lot of music and art and it's, it's very calm. Um, so I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I think our, 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 the, our potential futures are number one, 
um, kind of a more concrete idea coalesces about what they want this thing to be in the long term. Um, and perhaps if that occurs, uh, permanent structures, you know, permanent things like, you know, the, the co-op that has been building there um, might get, get larger and more formal and, and, and uh, some of the structures that have been set up there to allow it to exist might get more formal. Um, and it might become kind of like Christiania and, um, I believe it's Denmark. There are a number of kind of like anarchist squatter enclaves in Europe that are like sizable neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Um, there's one in, in Athens as well that have lasted for decades. So this is a thing that happens sometimes. And it's a thing that like can be pretty sustainable if, if people really commit to it. Um, there's already been, I think at least three other attempts at autonomous zones around the United States. Uh, it's kind of spreading like a meme right now. Right. So I think a lot of people are going to try in the U S and maybe Canada as well to establish, uh, TAZs, uh, temporary autonomous zones or just autonomous zones in their own, um, in their own cities. Uh, I think most of them probably won't work out. It's a hard thing to do, you know, um, yes, it, it is. Yeah. Yeah, you have to pick the right neighborhood. And I think Capitol Hill was a good neighborhood, right? Cause it's, it's the high ground for one thing. Um, it's it's an actual neighborhood that has a real community. So they weren't just like, like in Portland, some of the people talking about creating an autonomous zone have talked about doing stuff like occupying the college. And it's like, no, nah, I don't think that's a great idea. Um, the reason it's worked as so far as it has in Seattle is because there's a community that's broadly supportive and that community has services. So you're not, you're not just starting off in a field trying to build civilization right. from the ground up. You're taking over a place that's already okay. And you're like, what if we made it, tried to make it better by doing this and this? And like, that's, kind of what the idea ought to be. So I, I think we'll see, but we'll probably see some other, you know, ones that last a few weeks or even a few months. I don't know if we're going to get any permanent autonomous sort of zones in the way they have in Europe out of this. It's kind of too early to tell, but it, it's certainly not impossible. Nothing in 2020 is impossible, Robert, as we have now uh, started to see. Uh, I appreciate your time on this. We may actually uh, dig in again on this and see where it takes sure. us. But often these things uh, cannibalize uh, themselves after a bit of time. But we'll see how long this lasting yeah. uh, goes on. Appreciate your time on it. Thank you so much.